Hello everyone, you're listening to the Socially Desi Show, the podcast that motivates you to live, create and inspire. If this is your first time here, welcome. On our show, we discuss tips and strategies with our guest speakers on how to tackle problems related to personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. So hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com for more of such content. Today, I am joined by Rubal Nagi. She is the founder of the Rubal Nagi Art Foundation. Hello, Rubal. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Very happy to be here. The pleasure is all mine, Rubal. Thank you for doing this uh, with the Socially Desi show. Uh, so, Rubal, uh, before we talk about our episode today, uh, why don't you tell us a bit about your professional journey so far? My professional journey actually started at a very young age uh, in my teens. But mm-hmm. uh, you can say that, you know, when you're young, you just do different things. You're exploring uh, different uh, uh, professions that you think that maybe you're good at this, maybe you're good at this. Somewhere down the line, anything and everything that I was exploring was connected to creativity. And, you know, as an artist, I've been working now over two decades and mm-hmm. I've done numerous commissioned works for corporates, individuals, public art. I mean, the list goes on. But somewhere down the line, I always knew that, you know, through my art, I want to connect to people. As an artist, I always believe that art must be beneficial to society in a way that it provides a solution to the problems faced by our communities. So, you know, uh, that's how one step led to another, 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 another. And we just kind of uh, got absolutely hundred more than 100% involved mm. in work. But I always had in back of my mind that my creativity will connect to benefiting people. And that's where Rubel Nagi Art Foundation came into uh, formation and uh, starting from just a very small number of 45, 50 children, we reached Mm -hmm. out to hundreds that multiplied into thousands and lakhs of children today. So, and being an army kid, you know, I've traveled all along. If you talk about my earlier school and college time, uh, traveled all around and that's been a huge influence on my work, on my life, on on how I think, what I really want to do for people and how I connect to people so easily because every state I went to with my father had something different to offer, different people, different food, different culture, different way of living. So that actually made uh, me realize that, you know, how you can adapt to uh, so many different people and their mindset if you just make a little bit of effort you know, to understand them. True. So during my childhood, that really helped me. And that is why I can today at this, this uh, you know, year of our work, which is almost a decade long, I can just walk into a slum, walk into a village, walk into a basti and just connect to people, talk to people without even, you know, telling them that why am I here and what foundation is doing. I don't need to. They will. They don't even sometimes, you know, uh, ask that. Oh, you've come from outside. Sometimes they feel yeah. I'm part of them, and then some of them will say, "Have you moved in new?" Like you know, some mm. some people say, ah, <laughs> yeah. I and I'm like, mm, "Yeah, not yet, but of course, we'll, I'll be coming more often." You know, so mm. so it just feels really nice and very uh, satisfying to me that where people accept you for not right. the work, 
not just the work you're doing, but as a person, they accept you as one of them. And I think that is what uh, my art has helped me, uh, uh, you know, connect to people easily. Mm. And mm. also it's been a huge, huge, uh, you can say, influence on our work, our foundation and all the initiatives that we've taken up. No, I can, you know, completely relate because uh, I am a military kid myself. Uh, my oh, dad nice. was, <laughs> yeah, my dad was in the BSF. Uh, he retired a couple oh, of uh, years back. <laughs> so, you know, great, even we traveled great. across India, uh, we saw different cultures, you know, different people. And when you said, you know, like, you know, your upbringing has a lot of impact on the way you gel with people, right? So uh, I think that's really important. And with the kind of work that you are doing with the foundation, I think it becomes more uh, important that you gel with people. You you try to understand their part of the situation as well. So uh, that is really important when you are doing something like this. So, uh, you know, your art foundation has a tagline of educating through art. So uh, why don't you tell us a bit about uh, the initiatives that you have taken in the past uh, and how does the education connects through art? What, when I say educating through art is because I am an artist. So when I was earlier doing a lot of art camps and doing, you know, a lot of uh, different uh, 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 workshops with the children, with youngsters, with women. And somewhere down the line, I always connected my art. When I say art, it does not mean only paintings and colors. It mm. means creativity creative ideas, out-of-the-box ideas, you know, come up with something new. Let's let's sit together and brainstorm and just think of something which is which has not happened yet in, in this world, in our country. You know, let's be the first one to do it. So basically, we were th- exploring ideas, we were connecting through art, and slowly and gradually, a lot of children got a lot of interest. You know, when you are teaching in a school, you are basically your maths, English, uh, science, you know, all mm-hmm. these different periods that you attend during the day. Now, when you come to a place which is not exactly a school, which is not exactly a tuition center, but it's a fun balwadi where you're mm. going to also learn what you are like academically, what you're studying. But with that, you'll have a lot of creative aspects. You know, uh, as you will paint, you will draw, you will play right. games, and with different creative ideas you will learn. So that attracted a lot of kids to us. And they were, you know, very happy that, you know, we don't have to just take out our textbook and just read and do the same thing. Like from school, we come back in the tuition, we are again reading and writing and learning the same thing. Now, what is it that keep our children engaged? You know, it's very important to keep children engaged and their focus. See, focus span is not more than 20 to 40 minutes. Now, if right. that time you can get their full attention and tell them that, you know, this is what we are teaching you and you make sure that they've learned that much, I think you succeed. True, true. But I completely agree with that. Educating through art. Yeah, we made sure that every initiative that we launched from Rona to Learn to Earn to Paint Dharavi to Misal Mumbai, India to Skill India, to Skill Development for Women, Studio mm-hmm. Saksham, every initiative was somewhere connected to creativity. So the, when you say educating through art, doesn't mean we want to make them an artist. We want to make them a sculptor. But educating through art means there are so many different lines of profession which you can pick in future if you have that creative mind, if you, have, if you don't let your inner creativity die. So along with your 
academic studies along with your schooling and your college you must not let your creative mind die so anything you do in life just connect it to creativity and stay attached to creativity because it will it's like a hobby you know which becomes one of becomes your passion and also then helps you you know become successful in whatever profession you choose so we always kept that as our focus that we want to let children come out and say this is what we want to do rather than us telling them draw a straight line write this english like this write hindi like that you know do maths like this no you come up and tell us because every child is different every child's capability capacity to learn is different so we wanted to address their you know and tap their actual potential that where they are good at and where they need attention so that is why we connected all our initiatives to art and then me being an artist uh, being on the creative side from a very uh, younger age i have seen that how it has helped me to evolve as a person and not feel shy about letting my inner thoughts out in the public that you know what to even to my teachers to my professors i was always like, how can we do it like that so i wanted mm. to give that freedom to children yeah. to come, who come and learn with rubelnagi art foundation that you have all the freedom and the right of course to speak your mind and tell us what is it that you like and how you want to explore how you want to create so that is why we always connected everything to art and and you know all your artwork has a, a, a message attached to it Uh, so yes. tell us a bit about your hashtag uh, initiative which you started so hashtag so hashtag basically start from mumbai uh, mm. where i was you know sitting in my workshop uh, one evening and i was just thinking i was making a sculpture at that time a marble a big uh, piece for it was a commissioned work and okay. i was just thinking you know everyone is writing i love this i love that i love that but it's not really creating that impact because when you google search it you're not really a kind of seeing those pieces unless you write the whole thing and right. uh, everything uh, you know nowadays we do you put a hashtag and then type something mm-hmm. hashtag uh, covid india hashtag rubalagi hashtag uh, any anything and everything yeah. so what if we started hashtagging our cities our states our slums our villages with hashtag so i just picked up a you know i normally don't uh, sketch with pencil i just straight away take a brush uh, mm-hmm. so i just took a brush and i just uh, you know with a small little patawa actually paper <laughs> lying next to me and i just took it and i just tag mumbai and I, then put some colors in it mm-hmm. but you know i'm always someone who would also want opinion from some people i know who 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 have the knowledge about art so i called uh, another friend of mine and i said uh, do you think this this looks nice she was like this looks amazing so i spoke to another friend of mine and she was like can we do it in bandra i was like of course so that's where hashtag #bandra the first hashtag in the country came okay. from and to be uh, installed it in bandra and then of course the list is long we did many more states and we did many more Uh, cities after that and we are right now also uh doing a lot more of hashtags we are installing hashtag #kashmir we've installed hashtag #new delhi couple of days back yeah. #kashmir is next hashtag uh, i can't give you all the names but <laughs> you can say eight more hashtags are okay. on their way yeah across the city all the big uh, states and cities 
So it's, and it also, you know, kind of, uh, and if you see my hashtags, they are not just white uh, hashtags with just, you know, alphabets and just white uh, M-U-M-B-A-I or N-E-W-D-E-L-H-Y. No, so each, each piece, like New Delhi that we did, N-E-W, one entire canvas on one alphabet to the next. It's a continuation of an artwork. It's a continuation of my painting where right. it starts from one, leads on to the next, leads on to the next. It's, it's flow of colors. It's flow of my art. If you see my art, it's very abstract. It's very colorful, dripping colors, bold strokes. You know, I, I don't use easel. I draw on the mm-hmm. ground and I use spatula and knives and wooden sticks. Same formats that you will see in my paintings, you will see in my hashtags also. So they are not just plain white hashtags. They are, each piece is a piece of art. That is the whole point of creating a hashtag was also, you know, that we have every piece handcuffed, every piece uh, should be like, you know, even if you take a photograph with one single piece, it, it, is, it is a piece of art that, you've taken a picture with or what you're seeing so each piece each alphabet has a story to tell so that was the whole thing you know when I wanted to create something in writing I wanted to create something magical I did not want to create just the white pieces and I was like you know you know just another uh, piece on uh, in public I know I wanted to create each piece of uh, alphabet as a story so that was the whole concept behind the hashtag journey. No, so true. I mean, uh, I, I'm sure you love colors because, you know, your logo depicts a lot of colors. And uh, to everyone listening, we'll definitely put down the links in the show notes below. Go check out their Instagram page. Go check out the YouTube videos. You'll also see the kind of, you know, work they do when they create these uh, beautiful art around the, you know, whole India. So uh, I really love that, uh, Rubel. So Rubel, uh, you know, coming on to... Uh, see, the, the whole most... point, Abhinav, is that when people see your art, whether they commute from that place once, twice, ten times, or once in a week or sometimes, you're already so tired. It's morning to evening job for you. You're driving back home tired. When you look outside your window of your car, you see something colorful and nice. It should give you a smile on your face. You know, yes. It should bring that positivity, you looking at that piece. That's the whole point of me creating that piece. Not just putting up a sculpture there and saying that, oh, okay, you know what? We've got another Rubelagi's artwork there. No, the whole point is that Whatever you do in life, let's try and bring a smile on people's faces. You know, even if through your art you're doing it or through your social work you're doing it or by, you know, just sitting and creating something or talking to someone and just interacting with someone. Somewhere down the line, if we connect our work, our thinking that kya hum isme kisi ki madad kar sakte hai, kya hum is ye cheez se kisi ko you know, positivity. I think that is something that I look for and I try to implement in everything that I do. So that is my, not just the hashtag concept, but every mind, you will have some kind of colors and vibrancy and, you know, that positivity around it. And that is what I want to give in public art. And that, that's what I keep in mind when I'm designing any piece of art, which is outdoors. 
No, that's really thoughtful of you, you know, because uh, it really takes a lot of time and thinking when it comes to creating uh, a piece of art which can be appreciated by everybody. So, uh, you know, uh, kudos to you and your team who are working so hard and you're trying to make a difference. So like like I uh, said, you know, earlier that uh, the art that you do is not just an art, it has a message behind it as well. Um, but uh, Rubel, coming to, uh, you know, the recent times where we have seen uh, the, the outbreak of the pandemic uh, which has like taken a, 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 a bad toll on uh, the society, right? And uh, a lot of challenges were faced by uh, not just the NGOs, uh, the people working with the NGOs as well. Uh, with uh, your foundation, what were the challenges that you all faced uh, in the last uh, 12 months? You know what? Uh, it's not that we haven't faced challenges before because we are working in the slums in the villages, in the bastis, where the mindset is. So initially, people always have this big question mark on their face. Without even talking to you, you can read their faces that, you know, why are they here? Are they here so that our homes are going to be broken and some builders are going to make something here? Or are these from some political parties where they are coming to give us little, little thing and then ask for vote? Or they are... Uh, coming with some kind of ulterior motive behind their mind that, you know, know, that is always a thing. And you can't really blame them for it because probably they have that thing in their mind because they've gone through it. So, you know, you have, when you go into some places like this, you have to understand that you have to go absolutely with an open mind and you should be ready to probably at some time get abusive words from them as well and Mm. loving words also. But trust me, with my experience of 10 years, I'm telling you, you and the amount of love and respect you will get back is something you can never imagine because people there are very simple at heart. All they want is they are happy even with that. And initially, when we, you know, got into uh, these areas to work, there are a lot of these, every slum, every uh, area has different political parties working there. They have their own, uh, you know, uh, leaders, not just the political leader, but also the society leaders, lane leaders, ward leaders. So they would all come and say, you know, where is she come from? And being a woman, you know, you always, men always want to have the upper hand, Mm. uh, you know, you always fight for right gender equality. Yeah. So yeah. at, at sometimes, you know, when we were working uh, in the slums, there are a lot of people who uh, came and said, you know, ban karo, ban karo, this is not needed, and we are not here to take instructions from a woman. And I would just, you know, look at them and I would say that what makes you think that you know I'm here to give instructions to anyone? I am part of you. So they're like, True. no, no, but you don't live here, and you know, uh, you come from outside. You're from well-to-do family, and how are you one of us? I said, so if I'm from well-to-do family, I'm not part of you. Don't I stay with you the whole day? I only go back to sleep at home. Whole day, morning, 9 o'clock till 7.30 till it gets dark. I'm here teaching your children, spending time with your women, trying to give them skill train uh, training, try yeah, to beautify yeah. your slum, try to get the garbage out of your slum, try to sort your water problems, toilet problems. I said, then how am I not a part of this and it's not that I've come only for a week 10 days and gone I've been here literally every every month 
So, you know, True. you have to, with patience, you have to kind of take this forward and slowly and gradually they understand. And then when they understand, they open their heart, their home door, their area doors, everything to you. I mean, now there are times that I've literally lived day and night. I've slept. I've got my own little space in Kohli's where I've stayed for months and months together. And, you know, for me, it was very easy because I, I'm there for people. I'm not there for luxury anyway. So that that is something that, you know, initially was a little tough for us that how we would uh, uh, you know, uh, overcome these challenges. But then mm-hmm. one thing that I have learned uh, over so many years is that with good heart, clear intentions and patience, everything can be, you know, uh, all the issues can be addressed. And today they are my extended family. If they have any function in the house, a wedding or birthday or mm-hmm. anniversary or anything, it's like an invitation is there for me if I start attending all I will have 10 to 12 <laughs> invitations in, in a day to go to across India minimum so you know it, it's it's that but last few months have been obviously tough because yeah uh, COVID is something uh, which has moved all of us you know we've lost a lot of people uh, from last year till now uh, younger older uh, you can say age, we were, we were really not thinking of the age that it'll only hit older people or younger yes. people. I think it's a kind of affected everyone. But True. initially, the problem was the Russian and hygiene kits and all. This time, the requirement of the, uh, the COVID wave 2 is completely different. And, you know, people are not working. They're sitting in lockdown. I was in the morning in one of my busties today in New Delhi and I was just talking to them and, you know, just taking feedback. But you know what? What I realized the minute I went, the whole busti came and I told them mask. I told my team, please tell them, make sure they have mask and we have to, and, you know, normally when I go, I hug them and, you know, they are like all over yeah, me, yeah. children and even women and the youngsters. But today was like, okay, let's stand close to each other, but maintain a little social distance uh, and do it. So, you know, I could see that smile and that thing, hope on their face. Okay, you know, she's come back. So I, with all the restrictions that we have to not go out too much, I make sure that, you know, in between one hour, one and a half hour, I just go maybe from a distance, they see me that, okay, she's there. You know, it kind of gives you that hope again. Right now, just seeing you is what they need. So it's been it's been bad. We have a lot of people who are uh, daily wagers. We have a lot of our uh, 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 team members who are you know helping uh, different uh, uh, below poverty line people in the slums. Uh, slums. Everyone lives next to each other, so I don't know yeah. how they are going to do social distancing because you know one wall of the house leads to the second house of the wall. True. So true. it's it's like you're you're connected to each other. So. You can't really uh, say social distancing, but what my team, because most of uh, Missile India team lives in the slum because we always hire people. We always give jobs to people who live in those slums. When we take over a slum, we want to empower that slum by giving job opportunities to people who are living there rather than getting our team from outside. Just one or two uh, uh, RNAF team members will be from outside. Rest all will be from the same slum. So, you know what we've done? We've uh, we've been successful in helping all these people because our team members live there. So, everything get it, get is sent it. to them. Without them, you know, going out and probably some of them coming back with infection, they can 
just distribute the stuff to all the people that they meet every day because they are living there. True. Because during lockdown, if you remember the first wave, you couldn't really step out. Yeah. Because, and how? And that is why the food uh, ration was a big issue. So we made sure all our trucks with lot of food and everything, all that they needed, reached them. Team unloaded it and distributed in all the slums. So that way, all our slums we made sure nobody slept hungry. And uh, this time also, we are uh, taking care of the children because. A lot of uh, emails and calls that we had a couple of weeks back uh, was very heartbreaking where kids didn't have a place to go to. Mm. And both the parents were tested uh, COVID positive. Some children have only one parent. One is no more, not because of COVID only, but uh, from some time. And some have lost their parent, one parent because of COVID also. So that is when we decided that, all right, you know, uh, we will uh, take a step forward and uh make our uh, balwaris because we have so many balwaris and skill centers pan india that we are uh, mm-hmm. running we converted them into uh, centers where these children could stay and their parent or parents if both recovered or one recovered uh, can come back and uh, take the children back with them so that you know mentally children are not uh, affected because Correct. you know just the thought of losing your parent at the age of 8 9 10 11 is extremely scary even at this age when i think of my parents you know being old and they are not there is scary but at that time when you barely know anything that you know you, you how do you manage or live a life without your parent uh, was something very scary and you know we had couple of cases where children were uh, mentally getting uh, unstable and uh, a lot of negativity around so we said no let's let's you know let's do this for at least 2 uh, to 3 months so so far very good so that we can give them a normal routine like they study in the morning eat lunch play games early dinner go to bed you know like a like a routine correct, that they correct. have plus we make them speak to their parents sometimes on the phone parents mm-hmm. who are uh, on the recovery uh, road that okay speaks and some parents who are also serious you know we kind of uh, make sure that we don't let them lose hope because they keep asking us that ma'am is my uh, my father or mother all right and i'm like listen you pray to god and trust me they are coming back very soon uh to take you back and we've got some kids which have gone back now and some of them are their parents are critical but we are i'm i'm sure i'm sure we'll sail through this and uh, we'll make sure kids if kids are fine yeah because it's really important uh, to talk about this as well because uh, you know in the news in the channels and on social media you just see what is in front of you right and uh, generally nobody is talking about uh, you know the slums the people who are living there people who are daily wages like you said you know so Yeah. for these for these people you know there's not really a voice out there on social media like i generally don't see that on my feed and uh, i'm sure you know people listening out there uh, wouldn't have noticed that as well so it's really important that you talk about all of this on the show today because it opens uh, you know a, a lot of eyes and ears uh especially in our society uh that you know this is also what needs to be uh, addressed and uh, these are you know our people these are our uh, you know extended families like you say you know so we need to also take care of them so it's really important and thank you so much for bringing this out uh, on the episode today uh also uh, rubel um, 
you know uh, as a as a society i feel there there needs to be a change in mentality uh, like you know you said you you are hiring within the uh, slum itself so when you are you know uh, trying to run projects you are trying to uh, uh, manage a team then most of your teams are from the slums itself from the areas where you are trying to uh, uh, the areas which you are trying to develop so i think this kind of a mentality needs to be uh, you know more and more inculcated in our society so what do you feel you know what sort of changes uh, Uh, you you uh, feel that the society should uh, basically look forward to or you know incorporate in their lives so you know what when i decided that i you know uh, will start working into like a full time uh, as a social worker mm-hmm. you know it was very important that first i understand that what i want to do you know correct why i want to be worker because when you talk about society and you talk about mindset of people you know i had put up a post sometime back saying that you know the easiest profession to get fame nowadays is become a social worker even if you're not doing anything on ground if social media your people and your friends support you you know it, it's good enough so now mm. that is something everyone has to understand that what is it that we want to become a social worker for because this is not a profession you can joke with yeah and this is something which also leads you to self discovery you know it's like it's like you want to do so many things but do you really know why you want to do it because True. so many people they when you say slum the first expression that they give is like like really like so bad you know like yeah, dirty yeah. dingy dangerous dark which is fine of course they are like lot of these areas which are like that but i always say there are people living there they are humans if they can live there and love you more than anyone else then how are they dark and dingy and dangerous please tell me so till we as humans as society people change our mindset and our outlook our mentality like you said towards these people nothing is going to change so we need to first change ourselves during the second wave of covid if you see the social media handles of everyone correct there's so much of negativity there's so much of negativity it is all about criticizing criticizing and criticizing tell me one thing when you are in a situation will criticizing help at that time or we coming all. together joining hands united we stand with our country with our country people and help them you don't have to be a social worker or an activist to help people in this situation what are some of those big names which are coming into controversies what are we hearing that with people with so much money are taking advantage of the situation it is just not acceptable true that but yeah. right now we have to not talk and do a blame game you know cms are not doing pm is not doing state government is not doing central government is not doing come on you know what right now what we need to do is not not waste our energy and time into this but get on with what we can do with our people reach out to ngos reach out to central government reach out to state government reach out to different bodies healthcare sectors to see what we can do forget reaching out to these people reach out to people immediately connected to you your home staff your office staff their families let's let's connect to them and see what they need and let's try and address their issues 
So right now we all need to come together and be very positive because when somebody is dying in front of you, you don't tell them, Ki, you know, I wish somebody had done this, the person would not die. Rather than that, you make an effort to, you know, get that person out of that and, you know, tell him that, listen, you're not going to die. Let's, don't lose hope. Forget what is not there, what is there. Let's fight it out together and let's try our best to, you know, stay positive because there are a lot, like they say, all the doctors are saying that it's the positive mind which will also help you fight COVID. So true. If yeah. you're already depressed and already given up that, oh my God, I've got COVID and I'm going to die, your body internally will also not fight it. So right now, what we need above all is a very strong, positive mind and stay, um, you know, miles away from all the negative news which is coming up there. We have all the time after a few months when this is gone to criticize. Trust me, you know, criticism is something people will always want to do whether they have a chance or they don't get a chance to do it. But right now, we need to feel the pain people are going through. We need to stand with them and give them hope, hold their hand, not maybe physically, but mentally and say that hang in there, we are there for you. So that True. is very important. And once we think like that, the mentality of the society will automatically change on its own. So that's very important. No, I, I absolutely agree. That is when this inequality will I won't say completely go, but the number, the percentage will decrease. Because, you know, when you are born as a human, you're equal. Whether you're born in a big house, a rich house, or privileged home, it does not mean you are inferior to anyone. So you that equality will only come when we forget others, when we ourselves change our mindset and start treating everyone equally. equally. You know, that Correct. is very important. And I and I hope things change soon. I, I see a lot of people just giving gyan and literally <laughs> yeah, not so following true. even 1% of it. And it's just heartbreaking and sad that at this time, in this pandemic, if we can't unite and help people selflessly, when will we ever do it? You I know, completely agree. This is one of agree. the biggest yeah, pandemic yeah. our country, the world has seen so far, especially India has seen in last two decades. So right now is not the time for criticism. Right now is the time to pray. Right now is the time to be hopeful and hold each other's hand and fight through this and win this, you know, come like, come out of this situation. That is what is needed right now. So true, so true. And uh, I completely agree when you uh, talked about these pseudo warriors out there, you know, the social media warriors, because they're just, you know, talking, <laughs> they're just talking things on social media, and they're just giving gyan, which actually they don't themselves, uh, you know, uh, I mean, work on. And, yeah. uh, and you, know, I, the, I, you know what, Anurag, when I start, when I decided that I want to do social work, you know, I've I realized that I had to work for people that were suffering day in and day out across India. I was never just restricted to Bombay. Obviously, I started with Bombay because I, uh, you know, I lived there uh, and I, I've been there for 24 years. But my thing was not that I would only help people in Bombay. You know, I wanted to be anyone. Like during COVID time, there's so many people who are not part of RNAF have contacted us from villages of Bihar to Chhattisgarh yeah. to... We've tried our best to reach out to them. 
reach them and you know uh, give them whatever help we can in our capacity so it, this is very important that you know when we are helping someone also we are not just thinking that we have to only do to this people you know the community religion and uh, states when you are helping someone these things should not matter you are helping a human being whether that's a hindu muslim sikh christian anyone just just see the human in that person don't see the religion in that person don't see the color creed in that person just help as a human and that, that is something you know that i i knew that i would never restrict yeah. my work to yeah so it's very important that everyone understands that i know that if you know uh, i could somehow touch those lives and help them become helpful again hopeful again would be the greatest gift anyone can get in life yeah what else you need True. i mean how to, when you limit your wants and you know choose a path of living simplifying your life and you live you'll see so many things in your life will change if you go through my instagram handles you know i keep thinking of these things that how you evolve as a person when you yeah. work selflessly you know it's it's a different True. high altogether it's it's like you know you're you're in what do you say seventh heaven all the time it's, it's <laughs> yeah. that kind of feeling so you know i always tell people that try doing it you don't have to be a social worker for that you can do probably once a week or few hours in a week and see the difference you will feel in your life yourself trust me it's the magic you cannot create just like that you the day this magic is created you will have a different way of living your life yeah and i and i like the way you uh, spoke about you know helping people who are uh, in your direct contact and this magic can be really created with uh, you know as simple as helping your uh, you know house help so you can start with yes. them yeah i mean you don't have to like you don't have to be like a, a big shot guy and do some you know big uh, donations out there you can start Absolutely. off with helping uh, somebody who is in your direct contact maybe you know he is the dhobi wala or his family or maybe he is the house Absolutely. help that you have so at the end I, of the day all those people are going to go and live in the slums or the bastis all the villages correct. across country so they are they are those people only who are connected to you and whom you are helping so whether Correct. you give it directly or you give it by a channel it's the same thing so whatever is convenient to whoever you must you must do it selflessly that's what i'm saying so true so true and a ruble uh, to everyone listening out there uh, how can they contribute and connect with your foundation and how they can help uh, the people across uh, india so we have a website uh, www.rubelnagyatfoundation.org they can go on that they will see different initiatives that we are running they can see different covid care centers what we are doing in them and how we've helped through uh, the last year and what we are doing this year and uh, they can contribute in whatever way they like details there all the different programs yes and we will put the uh, links in the show notes below guys so please uh, please yes. go check them out and uh, you know uh, be of help in whatever capacity you can for me my work is what i breathe everyone knows it's like a lifeline to me and uh, my initiatives uh, which have been you know uh, in the forefront uh, of social change through self sustaining and scalable models like studio saksham now studio saksham is our new initiative which we have launched where all the products made by the women 
of uh, villages, rural women and villages, and also the uh, women in slums and bastis who are learning under Rubel Agyat Foundation skill centers. All okay. their products will be available online. Mm. And, you know, every corporate, I feel, must have a social purpose. All of right. us have to play our part in the communities we work with. And that is very important. You know, small actions can make big difference. The True. women who yes. work with Surya Saksham are girls. We are, we are right now kept it to only our centers where only Rubalagi Art Foundation Center girls and women are learning because we have a big number of, you know, uh, women learning with us. So we want this to become a self-sustaining model. Basically, we are working, they are working for themselves. Your model can only be self-sustaining when everyone can see the profit. Profit is the magic solution. Like I always say, right. when you give right. her financial independence. So it's very important that we make our women self-reliant by making them financial independence. So everything that they will make in our centers under Studio Saksham Initiative will go online, will be available online and whatever they make, you know, all the pricing, the, the girl who's made it, her details, story of which village she comes from, what is the family background she has, everything will be there on that. So basically when okay. you're buying a product of hers, you're taking some part of her life into your homes. The rug you pick up, the cushion cover you pick up, the carpet you pick up, the uh, artifacts that you pick up is part of her creative uh, self and is part of something that she is put in few hours of her day in making that and then earning back and giving a good life to her children, supporting her family, her husband, her in-laws. So that is our main aim of uh, Studio Saksham. No, that's wonderful. And I've I never believed in the modest goals, you know. That provides short-term relief <laughs> to bold goals. Yeah. <laughs> I always believe uh, while harder to achieve, provide long-term solutions by tackling the root of social problems. You know, once oh, you handle I mean, that, you know, this model is going to be sustainable and this will benefit our people to the maximum. True, true. I mean, short-term goals never really help you to achieve those, you know, dreams that you have, right? And so for these women, like you said, yes. you know, for achieving that financial freedom, any sort of a, a short-term goal will not achieve that. It may give them exactly. some leeway uh, into the future, but it will definitely not give them the foundation for a, a good financial freedom program, right? So, Absolutely. Uh, I, so yeah, I mean, I completely agree when you yeah, say see, that. If you, see, if you want to put value on effective philanthropy you need to have an unconventional view yeah. you need to innovate and really make an impact so NGOs not just Rubanagi Art Foundation even all the other NGOs who are working should work with that kind of mindset Correct. you know that we want to have a long term sustainability uh, initiative you're doing it for a month or two or six months what happens after six months Correct. so at least a target of five years is what you should have after that girls get so much exposure they know their different skills they also come up with a lot of ideas absolutely absolutely but sustainability is very important on ground impact is very important I don't believe in advocacy too much uh, I believe only in 10% of advocacy and 90% of groundwork because there are so many places uh, you know where we were working when we took over some of the villages initially and we told people that don't use plastic they said ma'am 
uh, everyone says don't use plastic but nobody tells us what to use yeah so when you are telling us ki steel ke glass mein de do ya kanch ke glass mein de do today we know you see our mobile it is that small piece can you see we can see anything online half the time we don't have wifi here and when we have our kids take it and they are watching movies or uh, listening to songs so when we want to tell them that you tell us about this is uh, you know something we we never get an answer for so for us it is very important that with this someone tells us so i tell my team that every slum every village we work in please make sure we do once a week workshop with all the people there and tell them about different concerns which are there in the world like you know environmental issues plastic issues plus water issues sanitation hygiene cleanliness waste management so we run these different workshops along with our regular program so that you know we are not just doing advocacy but along with uh, that we are also telling them what needs to be done correct true instead of just telling them don't do this you need to also tell them what needs to be done they give them a solution also Absolutely. they might not follow 100% of it but even if they follow 50% of it trust me that's a big number to achieve so we we kind of believe i strongly believe in impact i strongly believe in uh, on ground work and uh, that is something when you do is when you connect to people in the real sense when you are there standing with them only then you know what problems they are facing you know that is the only way if you want to really work on ground and address people's problem you till you are on ground there standing and talking to them couple of hours a day you will never know on paper you can never know what they're going through so i true. make sure that i'm in slum literally every day and you know past you can say seven six and a half seven years i've been in an area of mine literally every day literally every day mm-hmm. and i love it it's like part of my life now like i eat i sleep it's like meeting my people has become a part True. of my life now Yeah I mean yes. I completely agree with that and I relate to it as well because you know uh, with socially they see also uh, the kind of show that we do we make sure that anything that we talk about on the show needs to have some impact needs to have some actions involved in it because you know like you said bolne wale bahut hain gyan dene wale bahut hain but uh, you also need to tell them agar aap gyan de rahe ho to usko execute kaise karna hai how do you do exactly. that how do you put it like how do you uh, you know put the pen on the paper and actually start writing so uh, those are the things that are, are you know really important uh, so thank you so much and i'm sure you know uh, your organization your ngo would definitely touch millions and millions of more lives and uh, with so actually they see as well we would love to extend all sort of help that we can uh, so uh, ruble uh, uh, coming uh, to uh, you know the uh, before wrapping the episode uh, any thoughts uh, any closing thoughts on how as you know citizens we have come together and helped each other in the last 12 months uh, all i would say is let's all of us have a beautifully positive mind right now uh, positive thoughts because sometimes you know half of the war is won by just thinking positive and planning everything right so right now what is important is that we stay positive and stay strong and believe in ourselves and believe believe in prayers uh, because the whole country is going through a lot of difficulties right now everyone is going through a lot of difficulty whether uh, that person is well to do or that person is not well to do uh, the problem the suffering the pain is same for everyone right now so let's unite let's stay strong and let's stay together because when we are together we are stronger like stronger together 
So let's join hands and uh, let's not lose hope because we will be out of this very, very soon. And then we never have to talk about this soon. I hope so. That's all I can say. Just stay very, very positive and stay, stay very, very strong. We hope so too. Uh, so thank you so much, Rubel, for being on the show today. Thank you have been a lovely guest. Uh, thank you so much for taking our time. Thank you very much. And you stay safe and take care of yourself. So that wraps it up for today, folks. If you liked the episode, give it a big thumbs up, share it with your friends and let's go viral. Remember, our weekly podcast features episodes on personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship, and health and fitness. We would love to have Rubel on our show again in the future to talk about the fabulous work her organization and the NGO is doing. So if you haven't yet done so, hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com for more of such content. And as always, before I sign off, remember, life is black and white and everything in between. <laughs>